This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. That's right, it's Thursday night, and the MD's Fantasy Football Show is back and live, baby. I know we had it yesterday, too. Two days a week now. Remember that till camp is over and the preseason is over and we're kicking off on September 7th for actual football. I cannot wait. Thank you for tuning in live to our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe, hit the bell notification to get notified whenever we have new content available to you. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. I have both my co-hosts today. As you can see, it's a full it's a full house, and we're going to introduce the guests in just a second. But I have both my co-hosts today. I got Chris Dowhauer and Danielle Dubois. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Excited to be here. I cannot believe football is right around the corner, Danielle. I know. I'm so excited. Excited about this draft today, though. Yeah, we did. So we've done best ball mock draft. We finished up with that. We did the PPR mock draft last week, Chris, when we arrived at the expo itself, which was a blast, by the way. Aaron was there. He was one of our big buddies there. We'll introduce you in a second, Aaron. Don't you worry. But uh, we just had a great time that weekend. We did a PPR mock draft then. So we had to wrap it up here with a half point PPR mock draft. And then we're just going to dissect ADPs in the coming weeks after this to make sure you guys are all prepared. But let's get our guests properly introduced. The moment you've all been waiting for. The Outsiders against the MD's fantasy football show in this mock draft. We got two incomers. On the bottom right corner is Mr. Dave Hartman. And then also coming in to challenge us, the show what he knows, the mad scientist himself, Mr. Aaron St. Dennis. That was impressive. What's going on, guys? That was good. That was like getting introduced to uh, a professional wrestling match. I appreciate that. What did I try to do? I, I wasn't sure how I was going to land it. I'm used to only having one guest at a time, so it was, it was a little bit of like, ah, I guess I got to do this one at a time. But glad to have you guys on. We had Dave on this point last year, actually, to do a mock draft, so I was glad to have him back. And Aaron, one of our new buddies that we, we've met before. I've been on Aaron's show before, but I actually got to meet in person over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, that that was the first we got to meet in person. I'm glad I took pictures because there's a lot of people I don't remember meeting, but there's video evidence that proves I met them. So it was good. Yeah, thank God for video and pictures. Otherwise, I don't think I would remember meeting Des Bryant either while I was there because that's, that's, that's a long weekend of drinking. That, that's pretty much all it was, a very long my, weekend of drinking. My first encounter with him was 2.30 in the morning at the bar of the Double Tree, and I was sitting on a chair, and I said, I looked up, and I said, did Des Bryant just walk by me? But you, you know, you've had a few drinks by then and you're not quite sure. So no, it, it was a, it was a fantastic time. Shout out to Bob long. He always putting it together and I can't wait to go back next year. I'm already, I'm already counting down the clock. Today's episode no. is going to be a half point PPR mock draft. And that has become the standard industry for now. I feel like in another year or two, it's going to be the standard industry is just going to be PPR. Uh, pretty soon, but there's still some people making that movement from standard leagues to PPR leagues and the half point being in the in-between. And when we do the rankings on fantasy pros, which uh, Aaron, I know you're a part of, and so am I, that those accuracy rankings are based on half point PPR rankings. So we wanted to make sure we did those today. I'm going to bring this up 
First, I want to see here. We got Chris at the third pick. Aaron's at the five. Dave at the six. So we'll see how much they snipe each other. Danielle, you took eight, and I took my usual 12th pick because I just like bringing up the rear quite a bit. So let's go ahead and start this off. Chris, you'll probably be on the clock first. So we had we had Chris McCaffrey and Justin Jefferson come off right off the bat. Chris, Chris while you're making your pick, uh, the one thing I haven't really been able to talk about yet, and I wanted to wait until you got the guests on, is the signings of Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott. I uh, know my thoughts. I'll give them in a second. We'll start with Aaron. Aaron, what are your thoughts with, with those two signings? What do they do for the fantasy impact of their respective running backs that they're going to be approaching in on? God, did they turn some good situations into just ugliness? I've got to feel like, uh, oh, one sec. I'm going to make a quick pick here. Somehow Jamar Chase has fallen to me, so that'll be my pick. But, um, I, you know, that Jets uh, running back room was scary. This really worries me for Brees Hall, obviously, you know, despite their, what they're saying about his health and how good he's looking. Uh, their actions uh, lead me to believe otherwise. And that Zeke signing, I don't know if Zeke has much left. I don't think he's going to be efficient. I don't think he's going to be good. What he is going to do is take significant touches away from Ramondre. Uh, that's scary. You know, for the for the incumbents, it's very scary. The guys who signed there, I still don't think they're all that useful. I don't know. I'm having a little issue with my mic at the moment, so we're going to try to keep this thing rolling. I, I, I don't think, though – that Ezekiel Elliott is that scary for Ramondre. Dalvin Cook is, but not Zeke. Zeke, I think, is just there to be a backup. They needed somebody. They needed either, you know, you have a Pierre Strong, you have a Kevin Harris, you need somebody in there in case Ramondre gets hurt. Because otherwise, I don't think they had a great running game to begin with. So I don't look at Zeke as you're the goal line guy or you're going to take enough touches away from Ramondre Stevenson for it to matter. Dalvin, on the other hand, that part I care about. Because with Dalvin now signing... It means probably two things. One, maybe Brees Hall's not as good to go as we were hoping he would be at the beginning of the season. And number two, now he has a limit where even when he is out there, even is fully active, he's still going to probably only max out about 12 to 15 touches a game. I don't know, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I I think that in the case of Zeke, um, I think it was kind of priced in already to Ramondre's price that they were probably going to bring somebody in um, and, and I agree with you. I don't think it moves the needle that much. I mean, Ramondre only had six touchdowns last year. He'll probably lose a little at the goal line to Zeke. Zeke's a good short yardage back. He's good in pass pro. He'll have a role, but I don't think he'll take that much away from Ramondre. And I haven't really moved Ramondre down in my ranks. I agree with you on the Dalvin Cook signing. And I also feel that that was probably something Aaron Rodgers was pushing for. I kind of feel like the Jets have been sort of giving him what he wants even before they signed him. Um, and, you know, that might have been a case where he wanted a veteran, um, you know, someone who's a reliable pass catcher, um, good in pass protection, doesn't have, you know, didn't have the best season last year, but he's still capable. And I do think, um, you know, it, it might mean that Brees isn't as ready as we thought, and it might be more, a case where early in the season, especially if you have Brees Hall, you're going to be a little bit frustrated and kind of waiting for him to take over the backfield. Yep, I tend to agree with that. All right, I got my mic working back again, I think. Chris, let's go to you. You made your pick for Cup there, and you can give us your thoughts on the signings of those two veteran running backs as well. 
Yeah, so it's going to the Zeke and Ramondre um, New England backfield situation. I think it obviously has to affect Ramondre to a degree. I mean, he had the backfield to himself, basically. He had 90% of the uh, you know, snaps towards the end of the season last year, so it's going to affect him. But to everybody's point, I think fantasy-wise, you're not really going to see a dramatic change. Expect this New England team can't be as pathetic as they were last year scoring-wise. Expect Ramondre Stevenson is not going to be taken out in sort of goal-on situations. He's not like he's a little dude. And all honesty, we should be thankful and when we're not dealing with three guys. So it's, it's two guys. I can deal with it. Uh, it's three guys traditionally in New England. I think, like I said, we feel like I'm being spooled right now. Uh, as for Dalvin Cook, I, maybe I'm the opposite of everybody else. Um, I remember Dalvin, you know, Brees Hall kind of made his mark splitting carries with somebody in the backfield last year. Um, he was with, splitting time with James Robinson. He was splitting time with different guys. Now, I don't know if he ever got to the point where he was the bell cow per se, um, I think maybe he had a game or two where he had over 20 carries, if I can recall. But I don't think Brees Hall is going to necessarily have to be a guy that has to get the ball consistently, necessarily to, you know, be effective out there. He's a big play, big play guy, explosive guy that you can use in the passing game. And we kind of saw this, you know, remnants of this in a sense in Green Bay where Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon were utilized by Aaron Rodgers. I think you're going to see both these guys be utilized for this team. Yeah, I, mean, I, can't, I can't disagree with that. To your point, Brees Hall was getting 15 touches a game and was still finishing inside the top 10. But the the elite ceiling of the top three, I think, comes off the table there with a Dalvin Cook. That's more my point there because Brees Hall is supposed to be an expected league winner. Plus, you have the ACL injury. It just brings him down as far as where exactly I'm willing to draft him at. Uh, you see her message? She can't make a pick, hey? Yeah, things are going a little wrong over here. Yeah. I didn't know if you've seen that. She's she can't pick. <laughs> well, that's a problem. That is yeah, a problem. Uh, I'm not sure why. I thought she was just really thinking it out. Like she's really thinking about this mock draft, man. Yeah, it's really intense over here. No, I just like I can't make any picks at all. Having a little bit of technical difficulties here. Yeah, not a not a great start to the show here. Um Mm-mm. The only thing I can say is try to jump out, try to jump back in, see if you can hit the link. I don't know what else to do there. Yeah, Who's running it? You can't that. force the pick? I'm going to try to. You should yeah, be able to just click on, on the clock. Danielle, who, who do you want to pick? Oh, man. I mean, Jefferson and Cup t- being taken. Uh, let's see. I'd probably take Bijan. He's not gone yet. I would be taking him in a heartbeat. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Trying to get it for you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's happening here. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Well, okay, so we know we she went with Bijan. Let's get to Aaron. Aaron, you went with Jamar Chase. He's actually my number one receiver on the year. Talk me through that one. Exactly what you said. I was planning on going Kelsey there because I didn't imagine my number one receiver would still be on the board. Um, when I looked up and said, Oh, Jamar Chase is still on the board. It was an easy choice. I couldn't get there quick enough to click the button. It's an easy choice. Love it. Love it. Dave, you go with Tyreek Hill. How are you feeling about that pick? Why him over, say, Stephon Diggs? Well, I like him. I like him better uh, than Diggs. I have him ranked ahead of Diggs. I think he, uh, you know, you can't go wrong with Stephon Diggs, but, um, I like Tyreek's big playability and his target volume even more than Diggs' target volume. He's in a bit more of a funnel offense. Um, I, but I was really torn between Hill and Kelsey, uh, the two former teammates in Kansas City. Um, 
and I just I don't love the build I get um, when I take a tight end in the first when I take Kelsey in particular because he's the only tight end you take in the first round. Um, so I was a little torn between those two, um, but I'm I, I might be a little higher on Hill than most. I have him ahead of Cup as well, so uh, I was happy to take him at six. Well, Did you pick so here, Danielle? By the way. <laughs> Well, Got to force we'll, another we'll, pick. <laughs> yeah, one, one, one second. I'm going to have her talk through her pick, yeah. and then uh, I'll have her tell me what her pick is next. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you, Dave. I have Tyreek Hill ranked just one spot ahead of Cooper Cup, too. And when you get to these top five guys, you know, you're just nitpicking. You're looking for little things here and there. And the reason why I had that little split, it's not so much the hamstring injury to Cooper Cup, but it's he's always dealing with a little something. Stafford's always dealing with something. Yes, you have the two concussion issues going on, too. But Stafford, I actually worry about more so lasting the entire season. I do, too, believe it or not. So that's kind of my breaking point there. Plus, we saw that even if Tagliavoe goes down, Tyree Kill is still such a featured part of that offense that he doesn't go anywhere. The quarterback dip from Stafford to whoever the hell the Rams decide to try out there as their second second running back or second quarterback, excuse me, might be such a significant enough dip where I have to question about how good is Cooper Cup going to be. When I say how good is Cooper Cup going to be, I mean in terms of the other top five wide receivers. Let's, let's, let's be clear about that. So you're nitpicking here a little bit. Uh, but yes, Danielle, walk me through your pick here at number seven with B. John Robinson, and then let me know who you want to pick in the second round. Yeah. Um, so Bijan Robinson, I, he's a kind of a clear choice for me. I wouldn't want to pass him up. I mean, the fact that we got all the way to eight and he was still available is really exciting for me because I will easily take him on my team. He is going to be excellent this year, even though he is a rookie. He is just one of those running backs that you just you can't pass up. He's something special. He can do it all. And I think he's going to be a very prominent piece of this Falcons offense. So I had to take him for my first. Well, you got the inside scoop going over there from the Falcons camp, too. Yes, I see him a lot. And so there's a lot of um, lot of stuff I'm seeing so far that I really like. So hopefully it's a really good year for him. All right. Now, who do you want your second round pick to be so we can make that? Yeah, so um, I'm going to go with Devontae Adams since nobody's taken him yet. Very solid. Figured that's probably where you're going to go. We'll get to why you went with Devontae Adams in just a second. My go- backtracking a little bit to my first round, first and uh, my first round pick and my first pick of the second round. I went with Nick Chubb and I went with Garrett Wilson. This is something I've typically done with that 12th pick here. First of all, Nick Chubb, top four running back in my rankings. Love him this year. Love the fact that there's no Kareem Hunt, that he might actually be allowed to catch the ball. Oh, who would have thought? Nick Chubb's actually allowed to receive. He's actually a pretty good catcher, guys. 73% catch rate. He's not He's not lying up as a slot receiver or anything, sure. But he can catch the ball in the backfield just fine. So if he gets in that few extra targets, plus like being a guy who's always had over five yards of carry his entire career, love Nick Chubb. And I love coming back with Garrett Wilson. I love this balance approach that I usually try to take going into drafts. Uh, Garrett Wilson, I have him one spot ahead of Devontae Adams. That's why I took him over him. Love him this year. Love what he could be with Aaron Rodgers. Remember, 147 targets last year with a 53 catch rate was absolutely pathetic because of the quarterback play he had to put up with. Only had four touchdowns, I believe. I'm remembering that correctly off the top of my head. That's going to go up. Big things. I like guys who are on the upswing rather than guys who might be either the same or a downswing, even if that's still really good. So I'd rather go Garrett Wilson there. Danielle, why'd you go with Devontae Adams? Devontae Adams is a, first of all, great wide receiver. I mean, we all know it, but um, I mean, he was the best available at the time. He's a great solid running back, uh, wide receiver. Sorry. Um, and I think he's, he's very consistent in my eyes. And I think that that's something that's 
you really want to look out for. So I feel pretty confident in him and I can feel confident that I can play him each week and expect a good amount of points from him each week and not be too let down from him. So I think that was a pretty solid choice. Why him over Amon Ross St. Brown real quick? Cause I saw St. Brown went out the pick right after you. You know, I actually, me being me, who was kind of struggling with technical difficulties here, I kind of thought St. Brown was gone already. <laughs> um, okay. Otherwise I probably would have chosen him because I do. I, I love St. Brown. So he's his special place in my heart for <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. We go to Dave. Dave, you came back with Derek Henry. This is looking like the 2019 championship team with Tyreek Hill and Derek Henry, buddy. <laughs> what do you got going on there? Well, I was going to say, I'm, I'm trying to trying to have the oldest team uh, here. No, you know, <laughs> Derek Henry, I think, you know, there's a wall for running backs at the around age 29 or 30. I don't think it applies to him. Um, you know, he was the RB3 last year. He had a career high in targets and catches. Um, he really is not showing signs of slowing down and he seems to be a guy who every year people say, okay, well, he can't do it again. And then he outperforms his ADP. Um, for me, it was between him and Pollard and I, I do really like Pollard this year. So that was sort of a close call and especially in a half PPR, but you know, I, I sort of feel like I can pencil in barring injury and Henry has mostly stayed healthy other than that one year you know, absent him cratering, you know, he's going to get the volume. I feel like I can pencil in 14 to 1600 yards and 12 to 16 touchdowns. And I'll take that in round two. I want fairly safe picks at the beginning of the draft. So I was happy that he, uh, that he lasted until he did. Yeah. When it comes to Derek Henry, I'm just like, look, until he actually falls off, I'm not going to predict the fall off. So I'm with you on that one. Aaron, you went with Jacobs rolling the dice. I like it. What are you thinking here with Jacobs? I'm thinking the two players I wanted went the two picks before me. That's why I went with Jacobs. Uh, I knew I planned on going for the stack with Burrow, but I figured with Allen and Hertz still on the board, I could wait till it got back to me, which it did. Uh, I debated between Jacobs and Waddle, but I went with the running back having or like, I, I knew what I plan out for round three and four here. So I knew I had to get a running back. Otherwise I was going to be punting running back. Uh, Jacobs was just the one that fell there. Not a big, you know, not huge on uh, Pollard, Mixon, Harris. They're all the same. I just kind of went for Jacobs and I hope they ride him into the ground again. Like they did last year. Always remember. You ain't first, you last. It's okay, Aaron. Sometimes we all have to take picks we don't not necessarily super enthused about. <laughs> all right, Chris, we're back to you. You went with Najee Harris in the second round pick to pair up with your Cooper Cup. What do you like about Najee Harris this year? Yeah, I like what I see in the last eight weeks of last year using RB1. I mean, basically, as Najee Harris got healthy, he, he put that Pittsburgh team on his back. He didn't really get a whole lot of help from the quarterback position. Pickett did go, you know, start winning games towards the end, but a big part of that was because Najee Harris was getting the ball. I know everybody's worried about Jalen Warren, and Jalen Warren's going to steal a lot of carries, a lot of touches. Um, we've heard this kind of, you know, rhetoric before out of Pittsburgh where there's always some guy kind of threatening the bell cow guy. Usually the bell cow gets his 70 to 65 to 70% of the touches. Then Najee Harris, if you see do that, you should do that last year. This offense should be better. And I think what I'm looking for is consistency in a guy who's going to get the ball week in, week out. 
Can't argue. Can't argue with that logic. I'm with you, man. Mike Tomlin, that's what he does, right? He harps in on one guy. I'm not buying into the whole Jalen Warren of it all being such a disruptor that Najee Harris doesn't get his 300-plus touches. Now, what about Joe Mixon there in the third round? Well, this is another guy that seems to be forgotten. Everybody loves Joe Burrow. Everybody loves the receivers. Well, Joe Mixon's going to get the ball handed to him sometimes. And he was super inefficient last year. I expect Joe Mixon to have something to prove after taking the pay cut this offseason. You'd see Cincinnati needs him. There was a reason, you know, they have to chase Brown. He's not no threat to take his job. And P. Ryan moved on, so that allows Joe Mixon to continue to be involved in third downs and pass-catching situations. I think Joe Mixon is one of those guys that's one of the safer floors and a really high ceiling as well. Yeah, better offensive line, great offense. And without Samaj Perrine, I'm not worried about Chase Brown. I'm not worried about any of those guys in the backfield. Or uh, who is it? Chris Evans who's technically the handcuff right now. I'm not worried about any of those guys. So Joe Mixon is somebody who I've consistently gotten in the fourth round, but I have no problem with there in the third. Aaron, you got your stack there with Joe Burrow. Third round, not too high for a quarterback. I think you're muted, buddy. There you go. You got to unmute yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's there been a long go. weekend. A little, little too much uh, fun at the expo. Things haven't quite started working again. But, uh, no, as I was saying at that expo, I spent a little too much time with my friend who's got me uh, hell-bent on stacks now. So the, I was naturally looking for that one. Uh, I like it. I, I can't say I have Chase too many times. So the opportunity to pair him with Burrow seemed uh, a little too tempting, and I went with it. No, can't, can't, can't argue with it. No, I have no quorums about the calf issue. Joe Burrow doesn't practice in training camp. Okay. He doesn't practice. Pra- he doesn't need practice. All right. The guy's just a gamer. And yeah, that's not going to go badly for you, no matter what you try to do. Dave, you came back with Ramondre Stevenson. We just kind of talked about it a little bit there. Yeah. I figured after you guys all gave him a, a blessing, I, I, your blessing, I could take him and not get uh, ridiculed for it. No, I, I, you know, I like the build of, a receiver and then if the board falls right two running backs after that and I feel like there's a bit of a drop off at running back after Ramondre kind of fewer um sort of bell cow guys I'm not that worried about Zeke um this is a half PPR I think he'll catch uh plenty of passes um I'm a little worried about the offense in New England and the scoring opportunities um but I like the value there so uh got my two running backs early and that allows me uh, to do other things after the third round. Yep. Flexibility is what I'm all about. Danielle, Danielle, are you able to make your own picks now? Oh my God. I am. I don't know what happened, but finally after deleting the app seven times, it finally works. So who knows? Maybe there's a secret update in sleeper that nobody else knew about. Cause that seems to be the issue that we're all having until uh, tonight. Yeah, apparently. Um, yeah. Just wanted to ruin our show a little bit. Well, you went with Devonta Smith in the third round. That is very good value. This guy I've seen actually come off in the second round sometimes. So they get him in the third round. I think that's a pretty good value there. Walk me through that. Yeah, in the third round, I feel like that's a good price for him. I wouldn't necessarily have taken him over a Devontae Adams or an Almond or F. St. Brown. But right there in the third, that seems like a very solid place for him. I don't think I'm necessarily believing in him too much this season, but I know he can be consistent and get the job done and fill in those spots where you need him to. So I think he's a pretty consistent pick and I, he can't let me down too much. Um, but I think that the third round is kind of the perfect place for him. And if he's available in that third round, definitely pick him up because that's exactly where he should be. 
Okay. Okay. So then we fast forward to get the my picks there in the back end. And uh, I am not used to Jameer Gibbs falling to the back end third round territory. Now, this isn't a bell cow, but because I already have a bell cow, Nick Chubb, I'm going to take a guy with a little more upside who can, as long as he gets the DeAndre Swift workload, which I see no reason why he wouldn't. You're talking about a guy who's going to have explosive win-me-week games. Maybe he's not super consistent from week to week, but if he can manage to not get injured like DeAndre Swift did, well, Swift two years ago was the top six running back. There's a pathway for Gibbs to reach that. David Montgomery is going to be a bigger thing, and I'm actually bigger on Montgomery than I think a lot of people are, but it doesn't mean Gibbs is not going to be able to get his own this year too. So I like that pick. I was able to get him the back end, and I came back with Keenan Allen. I have a clear tier cutoff after wide receiver 15. When my wide receiver 15 is Amari Cooper, my wide receiver 14 being Keenan Allen. After that, I have a lot of guys where I either have questions about their target share, I have questions about their quarterback. Keenan Allen is the only one I don't have either of those questions. I love Justin Herbert. I know how much he's going to get the ball when he's out there. And the fact that last year, even though, yes, he missed the first half of the year, when he came back and was still getting double-digit targets, it makes me not worried at all. He, we've made it so far, knock on wood, whatever the wood is near you, that he has not had an injury yet. That's the main key. If Keenan Allen goes down in training camp and you got your home leagues coming up in the next two weeks, I'd probably move on, even if it's just a nagging soft tissue injury. But as long as he's 100% healthy right now to start the season, I'm on Keenan Allen being a big producer for, this, for my team here. Uh, we go back to Danielle. You took Justin Herbert in the fourth round. Yes, I was actually having a really hard time debating here if I wanted to go with either Amari Cooper or Debo Samuel instead of Justin Herbert. So I kind of took a little bit of time on this pick, but I do really like Herbert. And once the quarterbacks kind of start flying off the board, I had to pick him up before he got snatched up and I'd be stuck with somebody I don't feel as confident in. So um, I feel very confident in Herbert. We talked about this in many previous episodes I think I literally took him in the last draft that we did because I really am into Herbert this year but with this new offensive coordinator coming in it seems like everything is lining up the stars are aligning for Herbert and he's had some really good past seasons it's not like he has been bad in any way but I think this is a real time for him to shine this year and I feel like he is a very consistent quarterback that I can trust with so he was my fourth pick yeah, you have a knack of not letting him fall to me where I want him, which is the fifth round. Like I think that you did it to yeah. me last time. Every other draft that I'm not with Danielle, I get Justin Herbert in the fifth round, no problemo. But you know, she has to snipe me I'm around. Here for it. That's fine. That's fine. Whatever. Intern and learning. I get it. I get it. Uh, Dave, you went with TJ Hawkinson in the fourth round pick, so you can kind of keep balancing out your team as you go along here. What do you like about Hawkinson this year? Well, if Herbert had made it past Danielle and and then uh, the pick at seven, I, I might have gone that way because I'm very high on him um, this year as well. I like getting one of those top three tight ends if I can, but I don't want to overpay for them. I feel like the fourth round for Hawkinson is a f- pretty fair price. Um, you know, he really uh, his, his his performance was a little lumpy last year, had some very big games Um And then, you know, like most tight ends that aren't named Travis Kelsey and then some games that, you know, weren't that much. But, you know, he clearly developed a a rapport with uh, Kirk Cousins pretty quickly. Um, Adam Thielen is gone. Dalvin Cook is gone. There are more targets, I think, to go around in that in that offense. And I think he's well positioned to uh, to have a big season. I mean, you saw him in that that playoff game against the Giants. He couldn't be covered. And I think you'll see some games like that where they 
Justin Jefferson gets taken away a little bit and, and Hawkinson has an opportunity to put up big numbers from the tight end position. Okay. Okay. I uh, that's about where he's been going anyway. Amari Cooper goes to Aaron. Aaron, walk me through Amari Cooper. It's kind of like what you were saying earlier. I, I have my like ledge there, the cliff for wide receivers for me is Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper. Around him, they've got Ridley, Debo, Hopkins, McLaurin. I'm out on all of those guys at cost. So I just I, I took the only one that I feel comfortable with. He was pretty much the last of my tier, so I took him and then rounded it out with Kyle Pitts, who is just a swing at upside, needed a tight end. Um, he Probably the highest upside shot at all of them. Will he ever get there? I don't know, but I don't mind the two picks there. Like I said, the end of a tier and the high upside pick at tight end. I like it a lot. All right, Chris, we get over to you. And you went with Justin Fields in your fourth round pick and then came back with Drake London in the fifth round. Yeah, first of all, I was absolutely giddy that I, Justin Fields was still on the board. Um, I, for myself, it's somebody that I think has tremendous upside the quarterback position, um, but also somebody who gives you that floor with his legs. Even if there's a you know decline in rushing attempts, which I'm sure there will be, um, but I think there's going to be improvement in the passing attack. You know, they added different weapons in Chicago. This team's defense still isn't very good, so they're up to score points. So I love Justin Fields, and I love getting him there. Jake London, I might have reached a little bit, but this is more of a man crush thing. Jake London is a guy I might beat the drum all season with. Um, I think he's going to be clearly number one in Atlanta, and I think he's going to be a st- you know a star in the making. Uh, he has a big build, big body, um, effective in the red zone. Had a great target share towards the end of the season with, with Desmond Ritter as well. So I think Drake London is a guy that I'm excited about, and it was kind of a guy that I wanted to make sure I have another one, number one receiver option on my team. Yeah, Chris, you wouldn't be on brand if you didn't take Drake London in one of our mock drafts. So kudos to you for staying on brand with that. Uh, Aaron, you mentioned your Kyle Pitts pick already. So Dave, you went with Miles Sanders in the fifth round. Is this just another guy, another time for Miles Sanders where he's yet again a running back dead zone, or do you think something new is going to happen coming out of Carolina? That's a good pick. Uh, for me, this is, was a wide receiver dead zone. You know, I already had two running backs. I, I wanted to take a receiver there. But as you guys have been saying, there's a bit of a drop off. Um, and I just didn't see someone I wanted. Sanders is one of my guys. You know, I, I had a column the other day, the players I'm targeting at ADP. And he's one of them. I'm a little bit worried about their offense, but he doesn't have a ton of competition like he did in Philadelphia last year. I think he's going to get the ball a lot. Um and, uh, and and I just like that spot for him in the fifth. I thought it was a good value. You can't go wrong with it, right? Because we know the floor, three down work. He's gonna, He might be the entire engine of the offense. The only question is, does he hold up? But he's also yeah. your third running back on your board. So that that's where it, it doesn't even really matter. I like it. All right, let's go to Danielle. Danielle, you went with J.K. Davins. Another pick I actually like a lot there. People are skittish on. I am not. I'm bullish. Where, where are you? Yeah, I was about to say I'm a little bit skittish about it, but I really do like him, and I couldn't pass him up as my second running back. So it was one of those things where I just kind of had to take the chance. Obviously, just getting off the pup list recently is a little bit concerning before the season, but it seems like he is all good to go and should be no concern. So I should be able to confidently trust in him as an RB2. If he is back to his normal self, very consistent, very good RB2. So I feel like it should be a good pick um, if all goes as planned. 
Yeah, that, that, that wasn't him being injured. That was him holding in. He's fine. He's good to go. We saw on one leg, he can still average six yards a, a carry. I'm not worried <laughs> about J.K. Dobbins at all this year. Uh, we came back to my back-to-back picks in the end there, and then we got, I went with Alexander Madison as someone I've been taking pretty consistently as my third running back pretty consistently in the fifth round, and I came back with Darren Waller. On the Madison side, I like guys in this range who are actually set up as of now to have a bell cow role. And by the way, I don't really care if they sign cream hunt of all the running backs of all the veterans who look like they were toast to me. That was cream hunt. So I, it doesn't bother me at all. If they were even to bring him in as a depth piece, they've been talking all training camp long. What have the Vikings been doing? They've been going with more power personnel groups when they go into these scrimmages, more trying to set up the run, the play action pass. That means they're being featuring Alexander Madison a little bit more with more bodies of blocking. I like where that's going. I like what he can do in the passing game. I'm big on Alexander Madison, especially when he's my third back. And then I come back with Darren Waller, who is my number three tight end behind Mark Andrews in my rankings. As of now, I know the injury risk. I don't care. Because he's the only one, in my opinion, who can actually compete with a full throttle Travis Kelsey, a full throttle Mark Andrews, and get up on those statistics. He's going to be the number one pass catcher on the Giants. I don't know who else is going to catch touchdowns. I know touchdowns hasn't necessarily been in his repertoire, but all reports are in the red zone. They ain't looking for anybody else. They ain't looking for anybody else in most places. So I'm all about Darren Waller there with the six-round pick. We come back to Danielle, and you took one of my favorite receivers, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, um, honestly, throughout my entire time of being on the MD Fantasy Football Podcast, I have fallen in love with Brandon Ayuk because of you. So thank you, because that was what inspired this pick originally. You are welcome. I feel like every single time we talked about the 49ers, Ayuk was just always in the conversation last year. And I don't even know if it was really because he was necessarily doing anything good at the time. It was just because you liked him. But um after hearing so much of his name and actually seeing what he can do I feel like that was a very solid pick and I needed um a third wide receiver just to throw in there and so I feel like he was a good six round pick not too high not too low he's a very very average guy so I feel like that's a very um good spot to take him in I like Dave's pick a lot Christian Kirk in the sixth round especially compared to the fact that Calvin Ridley went in the fourth and Kirk, I have one spot ahead of Calvin Ridley, actually. I'm not on the buyer's table when it comes to Calvin Ridley. Dave, what do you think about Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley? Interesting that you say that because I've been kind of beating that drum all summer that I'd rather have Kirk at at his ADP than Ridley at his, but I'd maybe even rather just have Kirk, period. Um, I needed a second receiver. Kirk has also kind of been one of the guys I've been banging the drum on uh, this whole summer, and uh I think he'll get plenty of targets. Um, was hoping maybe Trevor Lawrence would make it back to me for the quick uh, fifth, sixth round stack, or is it sixth, seventh, sixth, seventh round stack? Trevor didn't make it, but I was very happy to get Kirk there as my second receiver. Yep, can't argue with that. I'm sorry. I'm trying to busy trying to make my own picks here. Uh, Aaron, you went with Deontay Johnson, who actually, funny enough, I just recently moved up my board a little bit more. Now he's on the back end of the top, top uh, wide receiver two range. Yeah, finished last year as wide receiver 30 with uh, rookie quarterback and no touchdowns. He's been going as wide receiver 33. I got him as wide receiver 34. But He was the last for me in that group. Uh, my trio there is Ayuk, Lockett, and Deontay. The other two were gone. He was an easy pick for me when it got there. 
All right. I like it. No brainers are usually simplified is usually the best thing. Actually, I, I'm sorry. I actually just no. realized I skipped over your pick. You took Javante no. there in a the sixth round. Go ahead. Talk about that. No, you were right. I have no, I have no brain. That, that's appropriate. You, you hit it right <laughs> on the head. Uh, Javante. I love the talent. He just seems every day. Like he looks more and more likely that he's going to beat the, uh, the timeline for his injury here. So I needed a running back. It was pretty ugly around him, so I went with the guy who I like the talent with most. Now I just got to hope he is healthy. I'm probably going to have to stockpile some running backs behind him here. I'm a little risky with him and Javante, um, and I'm about to apologize for the pick I'm about to make. I have to do it for somebody. Oh, uh, uh, what's Why? Why? What's, what bet did you lose? Because <laughs> I have a friend who went kicker in the eighth round of draft night out at the expo, and we literally gave her a hard time at the table for three days. So I, I, I said I was going to take Justin Tucker in the eighth. <laughs> Abandoned ship. Just, just, <laughs> just awful on so many different levels. Guys at home, don't draft a kicker in the eighth round. That's our advice to you. All right, Chris, let's get to that you. Was my here. advice to her. <laughs> Uh, Chris, you went with Mike Evans and then came back with David Montgomery. Yeah, first I was I was impressed with the absolute steals with Javante Williams and Deontay Johnson. I think these are two players who are just getting overlooked right here in the middle of the draft. You know, Javante Williams was considered a number one pick last year, or a top a first round pick, I should say, last year. So you've got a lot of upside with Sean Payton offense. Um, I went with Mike Evans, Mr. Consistent. I was looking for, you know, kind of keeping the tone in my lineup I have right now. I have guys that have a good floor. Mike Evans is basically money in the bank. He gets you 1,000 yards. He gets you close to double-edged touchdowns. I know that people are down on the quarterback situation. I think Tom Brady would play like garbage last year. And I've seen Mike Evans do good with Sean King before. I've seen him overcome other crappy quarterbacks, including Johnny Manziel. So I have confidence Mike Evans can still do his thing. And then I come back with David Montgomery, another touchdown machine possibly. Man, Jamal Williams led the league in touchdowns last year. Why can't David Montgomery have a similar role? Dan talked about Gibbs having the swift role. That leaves the Jamal Williams role for Montgomery, who can also do a little more pass catching. And I think this is a great offensive line he gets to play with now as well. So I think he's got some upside and a great solid floor once again. Here's what I will say. If Mike Evans can get a thousand yards receiving with Baker Mayfield as a starting quarterback, yes, he should be our first ballot Hall of Famer. No question about it. Uh, let's work our way back here to Dave, who took Jahan Dotson in the seventh round. And Dave, I know that's where he's been going, but Jahan Dotson is not somebody I've owned a lot of because I cannot buy into the idea that Sam Howe can feature two wide receivers. I guess you have more confidence than I do. You know what? This was the first pick where I just couldn't figure out who to take. I, I was ready to slam that button for Deontay Johnson, um, and Aaron sniped me. Uh, I'm high on Deontay Johnson. Uh, I think negative touchdown regression is coming. So I took the guy that's sort of like his name backwards, Deontay Johnson, <laughs> Josh Dotson. Um, no, I, I don't know. I, I – I didn't want to take a quarterback yet. The value really wasn't there and I didn't have one yet. I kind of I needed another receiver. Um, I do think Dotson will end up having more fantasy points than Terry McLaurin. I like the way they use him in the red zone. You know, as of now, he's my third receiver um, and I have three starting running backs. So I didn't love the pick, but I don't hate it either. I think he had an impressive rookie season, um, even though he missed some games. Uh, and I think I think Sam Howell is going to be a little better than people think. 
Well, uh, I hope so for your pick. I'm not. I'm not too <laughs> confident about it. We'll have to see how how, how it works out. Uh, Danielle, you took Pat Fryermuth. Who, uh, Danielle? Are you just looking at my board? Apparently, I guess. I guess we just think alike from working together for so long now. True, that's valid. Go ahead, walk me through Pat Fryermuth. So the my thought process here with Pat is I wouldn't necessarily choose him as my go to tight end necessarily earlier on, but we've talked about tight ends many a times here on the Andy's fantasy show. And every single time we talk about how there's usually a consistent top three, there's obviously Kelsey and the rest and the top three could be pretty interchangeable, but it's really like there's the top five tight ends and there's everybody else. And there's a steep fall off. But I did notice throughout the year last year that Pat Fryermuth was always Sneaking, trying to sneak into that number five. He was mainly a number six kind of guy of all the tight ends. But he was very consistent last year. And he was, I, I think he was overall my sixth tight end last year. Um, so I think overall, I, it's a pretty solid pick. He seems to be very consistent last year. And he's not Travis Kelsey. So, you know, that's the best I'm going to get. <laughs> Well, I brought in Pat Frymuth up because you went back-to-back Steelers. You took George Pickens around before. I did, yeah. I um, apparently am putting a lot of trust in the Steelers now, which is, yeah, it's not something I'm usually doing, so this is kind of a new for me. I usually kind of avoid anything that has Steelers in their name. (laughs) Um, But George Pickens, he is a great young wide receiver. I mean, last year, he, he shocked me for sure. I mean, I was pleasantly surprised by him last year, but I think that he's just going to continue growing. He has a lot of potential this season. I think it was a solid pickup for one of the later rounds. Yeah. I mean, Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, they seem to be flooded with his highlight real catches. I'll I'll definitely give you that one. Uh, We went with my back to back picks, which was Gabe Davis and Cortland Sutton. And, And I'm usually finding myself in a situation where I'm choosing between one or the other. This is one of the rare opportunities I got where I could actually grab both of them. Now, Gabe Davis, I think we're just a year too early on. And as long as he doesn't have to get a high ankle sprain that he feels the need to play through again, I think he's going to be just fine. In fact, I think he's going to be as great as we all thought he was going to be last year. I'm not off of him at all. And Cortland Sutton, I got him one spot ahead of Jerry Judy. He is the number one receiver to me. This is a Sean Payton-led offense as the X receiver. That's the guy I want to have. So that's my thinking along those two guys. Let's get back to Dave, who went with two attack of Voa there in the eighth round. Yeah, you know, when I when I took Tyreek Hill in the first round, I wasn't thinking I want to get this stack. Um, but it was time to take a quarterback. Um, I think uh, you know, there's a there was a bit of a drop-off after him. Um, that could be an electric offense. Um now I think taking him means that somewhere in the next couple rounds, I'm going to take a second quarterback, which I don't love using the draft capital on, but I am obviously, you know, if you take two, you you need some insurance. There's plenty of good quarterbacks that are still on the board, um, you know, in the sort of QB 10 to 15 range. And I will, uh, if you guys don't all snipe me, which I don't think you will, because you all need other things too. I'll make sure I get one of them to back up to a, Okay. Okay. I can see. I can see your line of thinking there. Yep. I'm, look, I'm stubborn when it comes to quarterback. If I don't get the right one at the right round, I just I won't do it. I'll just keep. I'll just keep leaving the draft until you know I I figure I figure out the value that I actually do want. I don't. Have, I have no problem going back to the old strategy of I'm waiting on quarterback there. And I don't mind. Uh, by the way, two of there. We already have Tyree Kill in the eighth round. 
no no problems there. We don't need to talk about Aaron's Justin Tucker pick. So let's go to Chris's Dalton Schultz and Elijah Ouch. Moore. Words hurt, you know. <laughs> Aaron, yeah, why so- didn't you take why didn't you take Tucker when you took Deontay Johnson? Snipe me. Oh, that's just mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, what do you got? I was going to say first, I think terrific picks by Dave, and I love the two of pick. I think that's the guy that has a lot of upside and a good round to get him. Um, I'm looking at Dalton Schultz, another guy who I think is a steal in this round. And Dalton Schultz is one of our consistent receivers. Uh, Daniel talked about you know Pat Vermouth and his consistency and how he was really effective last year despite only having two touchdowns. Dalton Schultz got banged up last year. was still one of the guys that was a super effective as a tight end position and a guy who threatens to be top five usually year in, year out. I don't see a plethora of weapons outside of, you know, maybe some young guys like Tank Dell, but Houston's going to need to throw the ball and come back. And I think you're going to need to see Dalton Schultz being a security blanket for C.J. Stroud. So that's why I went with Dalton Schultz there and get myself a tight end before the cliff kind of approaches. Okay, okay. We got an interesting uh, question here from Jake SF. Uh, Dynasty with contracts, one quarterback, half point PPR. He has Josh Allen for two years or Chris Olave for four years. Obviously, being a salary cap, quarterbacks are expensive, and he won't be able to retain Allen. He's leaning towards Olave. Receivers right now will be Olave, Higgins, London, DJ Moore, and George Pickens. And follow it up. He says, I'd rather lose Josh Allen and get Olave than lose Allen in two years because someone paid high amount for him. Uh, Eric, what, what do you think about this? What would you do? To say who he has at quarterback. Basically, he's him? asking, would he, does you would you rather keep Josh Allen for two years or Chris Olave for four years? Is basically what this boils down to. Josh Allen for two years, I think. I, I tend to agree, especially with the wide receivers that he. Yeah, it, it has seemed pretty stacked. Yeah. Look, Jake, I get I get it for the down the road. You're worried about somebody outbidding you for Josh Allen in in two years. I understand that, but with the receivers you have in place right now. You have a championship caliber team with Josh Allen, not necessarily with Chris Olave. I would chase the championship over these next two years. Worry about it in year three to see where you're at salary wise. If you can retain Josh Allen or if you do, in fact, have to uh, move on. All right. So after Chris went through his Elijah Moore pick, uh, we get back to. Oh, so, Aaron, you have Rashad Penny, buddy. You got some comments, Rashad Penny, because I'm hearing a lot of conflicting reports coming out of the Eagles camp. Uh, no, <laughs> it's not. I, I don't know if com- it's a spot where I kind of, based on my two risky running backs so far, I had to add a third. Um, I'm looking at this kind of like the Detroit situation with Swift and Jamal Williams. I see Swift as being Swift again and Penny as being Jamal Williams. I think Swift is just going to be the pass catching back. He's not going to be the lead back, not going to be the goal line back. I know it's going to be dependent on health, but I viewed Penny as the last of the probable starting running backs. So I took a chance. Um, just there wasn't anybody else I had any more confidence in, like Khalil Herbert, probably two or three headed committee. Like everyone after him's in a committee. Penny was the only one where I thought they had potentially the shot to lead the committee. So that's who I went with uh, potential lead back, potential goal line back on a pretty good offense. I don't know. There's a lot of reports saying he's been working strictly with the twos and threes. That's Kenneth Gainwell and DeAndre Swift have been the two running backs working with the ones. So I'll be interested to see how that kind of plays out a little bit. Well, there there goes you uh, ruining my plan to stack Gainwell three rounds from now. 
You can still do it now. That ADP, I think, is going to catch up if these reports keep being the same. Uh, Dave, I believe he talked about his Cleo Herbert pick already, correct? Uh, no, we didn't talk about it, but okay, I can... Go ahead, go ahead run it through. Two seconds. Um, you know, he, he's, as of now, I, I know they have three running backs there, but um, he's the only one who was with the team last year. He led the NFL in, uh, in yards per attempt last year, and I just like the value in that round. You can never have enough running backs. I know I have four now, um, but I was, you know, I, I may have taken Penny if uh, if Aaron hadn't taken him, but I was happy with either one of them and, and glad to take Herbert there. Okay. It's funny or because I, I was th- sorry to interrupt. I was thinking the same thing. It was Penny or Herbert. I didn't really have a difference. So I think we both just kind of took the two that were there for us. Yeah, you made the pick for me, basically, because I was going to take either one of them. But same with the Deontay jo- uh, and the Dotson pick. I was My pick was one of those two, so we just seem to take the same two players when it, when it goes that way for us. Yep. Well, that was definitely my hope when you two were going to be picking back-to-back. Get some sniping going on around here. A little rivalry. I like it. Brian Robinson comes off the board to Danielle, and uh, while this is not a bad pick, it's a boring pick. But come on, Danielle, what, what you got here? I know it's boring, but I kind of had to go the boring route. I needed to have another running back because I need some more on that. Need some more depth on this chart here. And um, he was kind of the best of all the options there. He looks good and he's going to be their main guy. I think I, I personally think that he should be their main guy over Gibson. So I feel like while it was a boring pick, it was a safe and good pick for my draft. Okay. Okay. Fine. Fine. It's solid value. Can't argue. Uh, so there's an old saying: don't don't drink and draft. Uh, don't host and draft either. Because I completely screwed up my back to back pick. I did not mean to go Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins back to back in the ninth tenth round. I didn't mean to go Aaron Rodgers because I was trying to take my stack with Garrett Wilson. Uh, but I actually wanted Zay Flowers. Of course, came off the next pick. And I got talking, I forgot that when I saw it was my turn, I forgot that it was still my turn from previously. Uh, so accidentally took Rodgers and Cousins there. Now, Rodgers is who I wanted, actually. They're both in the same tier. I just wanted to grab one quarterback with the idea that I would grab a second one later. Uh, not there, but later. With Rodgers, look, he's one year removed from an MVP season. He looks elated to be out of Green Bay. He has his offensive coordinator. I put that in quotations because that means Aaron Rodgers is the one actually calling the plays, which is what put him in that position to begin with. So, yes, I think Aaron Rodgers can bounce back. Yes, I think he can get back in the top 12. If nothing else, I'll just play him for the games that look great for the Jets and go with the double stack. And then apparently I'm going to follow that up with Kirk Cousins. Uh, I don't have anything to say about that pick because it's not the pick I wanted to make. Ugh. What are you going to do? Uh, we go back to Danielle. She goes Rashad Bateman in the 10th round. Yes, I I like Rashad Bateman. I really do. And I think last year's statistics mm, could be better, but it's okay because I know that this could be a better year for him. Also, I'm not too concerned with my wide receiver room at this time. So I think he's a solid pick for the 10th round. Okay, then we go. We fast forward to Dave, who takes the other Baltimore receiver, an OBJ. What's OBJ got left, Dave? You know, the reports that are coming out of Baltimore have been pretty good. Um, and, you know, I've, I've taken a bunch of young players after starting off with some old ones. So I just wanted to uh, get the average age of my team back up. Uh, but I, I think Odell might might have something left. I mean, obviously, he's we're drafting bench players at this point. I, I got all the 
starters I need. So, um, you know, I think he's still got hopefully something left. He, he was playing very well in that Super Bowl before he got hurt for the most recent time. Um, but if, you know, if it ends up being that he doesn't have much left, I'm not that worried about it. Yeah, I mean, it's not a big risk here, right? And they paid him a lot of money, presumably to at least try to be the featured guy. Now, I think that guy's going to wind up being Zay Flowers, but you're not risking a ton with a guy that we know was brought in for a purpose early in this offseason, brought with the purpose of actually keeping Lamar Jackson. So we know yeah. Lamar wants to go to him with the ball. So can't hate it from that perspective there. Aaron, you went with Adam Thielen. Oh, I thought Brian Robinson was boring. I don't think it gets much more boring than that. Rookie quarterback, going to need a veteran presence there to throw to. I, I get it. It's boring, but it might be useful. I, I don't know what else to say. It's boring, but who's going to win the job? Chark? Mingo? There's no tight end. <laughs> what? You didn't see that coming? Yeah, I didn't see that coming. More excitement out of Aaron. That's what I expected. So it's okay. You can get him on the next pick, buddy. Well, uh, Chris... you guys ruined my plan after that. I had a, a nice <laughs> little stack of four running backs I take in a row. I started with Miller, and since then, two of my other three have been gone. So thank you for that. Womp, 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 womp. I need that drop is what I need. Uh, we'll, we'll get to who we sniped you with in a second. Chris, you went with Damian Harris, and he came back with Jarek McKinnon in the 10th, 11th round. Yeah, Damian Harris uh, was a little more bullish than I am right now just because he got banged up. And one of the things I'm hearing Latavius Murray is being utilized. One of these guys is going to be somebody splitting carries with James Cook. I don't think James Cook's going to be a guy who's going to be getting, you know, the majority of all the touches. I think he'll be involved in the passing attack and the running attack, but I think you're going to see an early down back. And I'm always big on having guys who can be you know, the bigger backs in the second half of the season when it starts getting cold, particularly in Buffalo. And I look at McKinnon as another guy who just, you know, was very productive last year, especially towards the end of the season. Um, he's back. There's no really differences in that backfield. They have added some weapons, and they're looking for guys to kind of step up receiver, but you're still basically running back out with Travis Kelsey and the running backs, and Jeremy McKinnon's usually a featured guy in that offense attack. Gridiron gal shouting out. He took a kicker in the eighth. Could you be more entertained? What else do you want? That's fan. That's fantastic right there. Uh, Chris, I like those picks, especially the Jeremy McKinnon pick. He gets overlooked way too often for a guy who is very productive down the stretch. And I think Cloud is going to get worked back in more than people realize. But I think they found something in Jeremy McKinnon being the main passing down back in that offense. So I like, especially in a half point PPR, I do like that pick quite a bit. Kendra Miller comes off to Aaron in the 11th round as part of his running back depth plan. Yeah, my uh, my usual running back depth plan here is four or five of the combination of Kendra, Gainwell, Mostert, Wilson, and Roshan. And you guys took Roshan and Mostert, leaving me with uh, two of my other options. So uh, I really wish, had I known they were going to fly off the board, normally they go later. Had I known they were going to go, I would have taken Roshan first over Kendra. I just normally draft them in that order because uh, it normally works out and all four or five of them typically fall to me consecutively and I can just stockpile young running backs, but well, an old running back, I guess, but didn't work out. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll talk about my Roshan love in just a minute. That's what happens when you don't draft with this guy. Uh, well, Gita, but, yeah, I'm a player profiler. Do you love him more than player profiler? <laughs> like they fight the over Roshan. I have him right now. Oh, 
he, I think he's RB two in the rookie classes. I don't know where he is right now. As far as the rankings, I'd have to look it up, but they are consistently higher than any other site by a lot. Well, I'm probably right behind him because I had him as the RB three in the rookie class right behind Jameer Gibbs, who I had at two. Uh, where do so you have I, him um, overall this year for like r- running backs, all running backs? Overall for redraft leagues, I believe him, I had him at 40. I'm trying to look that right up. Now. Yep. I'm, I have him exactly at 40 right now with Claire Herbert at 35. And that's mostly just a reflection of, yes, Claire Herbert's going to get the first shot. But I've been telling everybody, and I might as well just go into it because I'm talking about it now with my pick, that Roshan Johnson is going to be a league winner in the second half of the season. Yes, Why? He is. Because he can pass pro, so he's going to play early and often. He's just as big, and I think will prove to be just as efficient of a runner as a Khalil Herbert and a Dante Foreman. So that's why I've been big on, on Roshan Johnson. Was giddy to get him as my RB4, and it made up for the crappy Kirk Cousins pick that I had in the round before that. But I don't want to skip over. Oh, God. You win. They, they have him at 44, so you win. There it is. There it is. The Roshan King is sitting right here in this seat. Uh, Gino Smith goes to Dave. Dave, you wanted to go with the second quarterback. How do you feel about it being Gino Smith? I like it being Gino Smith. Um, I don't think last year was a fluke. You know, they added uh, the first receiver taken in the draft. Um, and uh, I think he can repeat last year's numbers. And I knew I didn't really want to take a quarterback yet, but I knew I wanted one of him or Daniel Jones or Jared Goff as my second quarterback. I knew they wouldn't make it back to me. In fact, they went in three of the next four picks, starting with mine. So um, I was happy to get my insurance policy. And there may be weeks where with a build like this, I start them over to us. So um, happy to have those two leading my quarterback room. Yeah, I, you, they're interchangeable. You can play it based on matchup. And all, at the end of the day, you'll probably still get top 12 quarterback uh, results out of whichever one you decide to play. And then Danielle, you come, you want to make sure that you handcuffed yourself right away when you went with Tyler Algier. Exactly. I want to have like any possibilities of any running back on the Falcons doing anything good to come to me, apparently. Um, No, I saw him and I said, might as well pick him up. I mean, obviously these are kind of bench players and interchangeable players at this point, but worst case scenario if for something happens to Bijan or something always good knowing that Tyler would be the number one guy after that um also it's not really set what's gonna happen Arthur Smith likes to play kind of fast and loose with who does what on the offense so nobody really knows what their running back is going to look like obviously Bijan should be the number one guy but you never know so Algier I think will still be getting a good amount of carries and at this late in the round you know you're not looking for a number one running back down here in 11th. So I think that's pretty solid pick for my 11th pick. Steel. (laughs) Can't disagree. As you can tell, we are still having technical difficulties. I thought we got through this all, but apparently not. Uh, But I was absolutely giddy when I got Roshan. I talked about that, and I was really happy when I got Sky Moore here. Did not expect Sky Moore to fall to me in the 12th round. This is going to be, I'm telling you right now, the number one receiver of the Kansas City Chiefs. There's absolutely no doubt about it in my mind. At worst, he's a better version of Juju Smith-Schuster, which was still, what, a wide receiver three most weeks? Finishes wide receiver 36 last year. I guess I got my audio back. Here we go. Uh, he's playing in two receiver sets. That's all I needed to know. I don't care that Kadarius Tony is out. Everything in camp has been him, Mahomes, we're starting to get on the same page and scramble drill. 
What makes Travis Kelsey and Patrick Holmes so good? Oh, it's when the play breaks down and they improvise. If Sky Moore's getting in on that level, yeah, I'm all about it. Sky Moore, sign me up. Love it. Love having – I love this receiver stack that I have right now. Uh, I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, Danielle, we go back to you, and you went with Tyler Boyd. Yeah, apparently I wanted to just stack in the Tylers from 11 to 12 here, but, you know, it works. Um, I feel like this is a pretty solid wide receiver to get in the 12th round. I honestly kind of wasn't expecting him to be around. Obviously, the Bengals have just like so much offensive talent. They really don't know what to do with it. And Boyd is clearly not the number one guy, as he, and he shouldn't be. But, um, I mean, he's a solid guy. He's pretty consistent. I'm not mad at the pickup for that late. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be on my starting lineup every single week. But a solid pick for number 12. I uh, like it. We got some back and forth going on in the comments. Keep that up too. Uh, after Danielle, you we went back to Dave. Dave goes with Sam Laporta in the twelfth round. Yeah, you know the rookie tight ends usually um, don't give you too much, and I already have T.J. Hawkinson, but um, I think Laporta and maybe Dalton Kincaid are the two rookie tight ends in the best situations to. Uh, to maybe break the mold a little bit. Um, I thought this was good value for him, Uh, you know, and especially with Jamison Williams out now he's hurt too, but at least for the first six games, Amon Ra can't get all the targets. Laporte is also a good blocker, which I think will keep him on the field. I was happy to get him there. All right. And then I think uh, Aaron took my advice and made sure he didn't screw up his earlier pick to come back with Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah, actually, I, I wasn't planning on taking him there. Just everybody else I wanted was kind of sniped out from under me. So uh, I just looked and I said, hey, you know what? Gainwell's still on the board. Let's hedge my bet here because, I don't know, DeAndre Swift, I don't have much faith in as someone who spends a lot of time watching the Lions. So we went Gainwell, and then I'll take the last of my five here, uh, Jeff Wilson. And I uh, Jeff Wilson's another one who was unexciting. I had him last year in a couple of leagues. And he was just a nice, you know, second or third flex option. Put up 10 or 12 points. You never have to really worry he's going to do anything good or bad. He's just there and you don't have to worry about him. So I, uh, I, I'm not a big believer in rookies coming in and just taking over the job like straight away. They bought, brought back Wilson and Mostert on cheap one-year deals. I can't see A-Chain taking over this backfield as much as everyone thinks, at least not as a rookie. Uh, I'm I'm with you there, by the way. And Jeff Wilson, a good value pick there in the 13th round. A guy who'll probably get somewhere between 10 and 13 touches on the regular. Yeah, I like that pick quite a bit. Chris, you went Romeo Dobbs, and then you came back with Kyler Murray. Yeah, another guy who's just been forgotten about. I mean, all you're hearing out of camp is how much the connection between Jordan Love and Dobbs has been all offseason. I know Watson's the sexy guy. I know they brought in a Reed rookie. But Dobbs is the guy who can do a little bit of everything. Was you know, started off really well last year until he got banged up. So I think this is a guy for me has a lot of upside and a guy I think you can play in your lineup pretty early. Um, and then I look at what well, coming back and looking for upside in Kyler Murray. I have Justin Fields, who I'm probably going to play as long as he's healthy. But just in case, I have somebody maybe the second half of the season and can fill in if need be. A worst case scenario, possibly a trade uh, piece. As we saw last year, you know, through attrition, quarterback can get really get really hairy by the end of the season. So if you have a healthy guy, it might be worth something as well. If he's not playing for you. 
Oh, I almost just had a pack. It's like I thought somebody took my pick. I was gonna be like, no. Uh, we move on to Aaron. Aaron, well, you took Jimmy Jeff Wilson already. Tank Bigsby comes off the board. Good value there. If anything happens to Travis Etienne, he probably should be the guy. I would think so. And the two things Etienne wasn't great at last year were short yardage and catching the ball, which is surprising because that was what he was supposed to be so good at. Um, so I was happy to uh, to get Bigsby there. I think he's a good value this late. All right, Danielle, you come back with Zay Jones. You think Zay Jones is actually going to have, you know, some areas for him to eat or is he going to be left out in the cold? You know, I think he'll have some areas. I This Jaguars offense, I mean, there's Calvin Ridley. He's kind of clearly going to be up there. He's going to be fighting for the number one spot. Obviously, Kirk is going to be up there as well. But honestly, with the whole back and forth between wide receiver one, I think Zay Jones will still be able to have plenty to go around. Obviously, I'm not expecting too much from him, though. Obviously, if I'm drafting him in the 13th round, but enough to maybe make some noise, maybe later on in the season. Okay. Okay. We'll have to see. Maybe somebody gets hurt. They were the healthiest team ever last year. So we'll see if that changes. We got a question coming in from Matt C at the 12th pick in PPR. How do you feel about going Saquon and Pollard? I'm, I'm fine with it. Uh, that's what you want to do? Yeah. I, would I probably take a wide receiver, at least one wide receiver in that place instead of going double running backs? Likely. That's because, as we said earlier in the show, there is a tier drop-off when it comes to the elite wide receivers. And being that you're picking in a 12th pick is not a guarantee any of those guys make it back to you in a 3-4. But if you feel that strongly about Saquon Barkley and Tony Pollard, I'm, I'm not going to argue with it. I don't know if anybody else wants to put their two cents in for oh. that question. Yeah, I don't like it at all. I like exactly what you said. Take Barkley and then look. Like if you look at our board alone, you could pair him with St. Brown, Adams, Lamb, A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson. Uh, no, I'd rather take one of the potentially elite receivers before it falls right off a cliff. That's 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 fair too. Uh, Danielle, we're back to – well, no, we went, first one with me. I went with Van Jefferson who's just been like an automatic 13th round. I'm going Van Jefferson. I don't care how many receivers I already have. If something happens to Cooper Cup, he's the number one guy. Even if something doesn't happen to Cooper Cup, somebody else has to catch the ball on a team that's going to be bad on defense. Like They're going to have to come back from behind a lot in the second half. Van Jefferson's finally entering this season not injured for once in his life. I am rolling the dice on a guy like that, especially in this situation where I believe he's my wide receiver six. And then, yes, I took the Eagles defense. If you're going to get an elite defense, this is where you kind of have to go. And being that I had the 12th pick here, my thought was, well, I'm not going to be able to get an elite defense and an elite kicker. And I like having that 16th round, that very last pick. I like having that open for just a guy to see who falls on the board, who I want to take, who has the most upside, in my opinion, of that pick. So I like to try to get a little bit of a better defense, a little bit better of a kicker. So that's why I want the Eagles defense there off the board, who are my number one defense over the 49ers who went just before uh, my picks were up. Danielle, you also went defense with Buffalo. Yeah, once I saw the defense start going off, I said, this is my time to get a good defense. If I'm going to get one, I'm either going to get the Eagles or the Bills. They are the top two defenses, in my personal opinion. So when I saw you you sweep off the Eagles, I said, all right, that makes my decision a little bit easier. I'm going to go with the Bills. Okay. And then we have more defenses come off. Dave went with the Baltimore defense. That is an interesting one to go there. Yeah, I, you know, three picks left in the draft. One's a defense, one's a kicker, and one is someone else. And uh, I, I think the Ravens should have um, a pretty good fantasy defense this year. Um, didn't love the defenses behind them. 
other than maybe the Jets. So uh, went with them there. All right, Aaron, you came in. You went with John Mechie, who someone's been talked about as a deep sleeper. Yeah, I love him. He's the forgotten man because of the, the health scare he had. You look at the roster, there's nobody. Like, What, what do we have? Tank Dell, who's my height. We've got, what is it, uh, Xavier Hutchinson. Robert Woods is still on the, this depth chart. Like, He profiled as the only one on this team that could come out and be the alpha-type receiver. And I think if Houston is going to have that alpha, um, it's going to be Mechie. I, I think he's the only one on that, that team who could be fantasy relevant in a big way anyways. Yeah. I mean, someone's going to have to emerge. I think, I think it's going to be Dalton Schultz. Who's the number one pass catcher, but somebody yeah. might have to emerge yeah. at some point. Chris, let's go with you. You want the jets defense and he came back and took Jason Myers in the 15th round. Yeah. I wanted the jets defense basically. Cause Dave went with the Ravens defense. It was those two defenses on my board. I like both. I'm usually a little bit biased, but I usually wind up having a Ravens defense just because they always find ways to get turnovers. Uh, but this Jets defense is one of the top-tier defenses last year. Better offensively should actually help them defensively as well. So I think this Jets defense has a lot of upside. And I go with the kicker who was one of the leading scorers, I think it was two years ago, a lead, led the league in scoring. Uh, Myers is a guy that can just, you know, really fill it up in this, uh, for Seattle offense and moves the ball pretty consistently. I like his upside and I like his floor. All right, Aaron, you go with the Patriots D. The top five D for me. I wasn't going to take one. I was going to wait. But then once the Niners, Eagles, Bills, and Cowboys were off the board, I looked and the Patriots were still there. So I took them. If the Patriots had been gone, I would have passed and used my last pick on a defense. So All just, right. they were the last of the tier. Okay. I like that. Tajay Spears. No, I like that as a, a little sleeper pick there, Dave. Yeah, I also have Derrick Henry, so I figured um, I'm not always one to handcuff, and Henry sort of, when he's gotten hurt in the past, you know, it's it's usually not been one guy, but um, I thought Spears was good value there. Yeah, I like it there, especially handcuffing yourself 15th round, can't complain. DJ Chark comes off the board for Danielle. Yeah, um, kind of an interesting pick for me. I honestly am not necessarily too sure why I chose it, him, but, you know, it works, and I'm not expecting too much in one of the very last rounds here. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe he has a huge breakout year. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, I mean, if it's not Adam Thielen, it's going to be DJ Dark, and he's the only one of the two that actually yeah. has big play potential. So, so I don't hate that there. Uh, I went with Jake Elliott. Eagles, good offense. Good offense. I usually take a good kicker. And then I had Jerome Ford. I already had Nick Chubb. Decided I was just going to handcuff myself with the very last round pick. Danielle, you went with Nick Falk. Of course, you took a Patriots. Well, not only did I have to take a Patriot just for my own personal, but I feel like this is the best choice because I think he's going to be the MVP of our team here as we most of the time don't score a lot. And so a lot of scoring will be from field goals. And he is very consistent. So I think for fantasy-wise, Nick Falk should be a really good kicker. Dave goes with Cameron, the Dicker kicker. Yeah. High scoring offense. I think he missed very few kicks last year. You know, the, if you're going to nitpick his coach goes for more fourth downs pretty much than anyone else. And that would be frustrating uh, when you have the kicker and they keep doing that between the 20 and 35 yard line. But uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a believer in wait till the last round and get your kicker then. Um, so I, I was happy to, I think I took the last kicker. So there you go. 
Yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, Aaron continues his, oh, got to get my, hope one of these running five running backs here hit somehow in these back end rounds. Just not a huge believer in Isaiah Pacheco. Kind of follow the money. First round pick versus a seventh rounder. Maybe they just say screw it and run CEH into the ground. I don't know. It's, it's a dart throw, but if he doesn't produce in the first week or two, I would just cut him. It's, it's a dart throw. That's it. I'm just hoping he finds his way back into the good graces and gets one more shot. You know, draft capital tends to get many chances, even if they're not deserved. So, well, that's 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 what's called the 16th round pick because Chris made that <laughs> emphasize that with Taysom Hill here. Yeah, the ultimate wild card guy. I mean, basically, a guy that might win a, a week for you. I figure Adam, he's still a tight end, but he can have a quarterback, he'll have a running back, he'll have a tight end. So it's my wild card guy. And then somebody I see, there's also some depth on the tight end board. I wanted to add a little bit, but there's still guys on waivers. So I figure I might as well go with the guy who has the most upside. Can't disagree. All right, guys, that does it for our draft. Real quickly, I want each one of you to pick one team that's not your own, that's your favorite from our group here. Aaron, we'll start with you. I like, sorry, I'm bringing it back up. Can you scroll up? I've got my screen off because I had to pick in another draft. So I can only see what you have on the board here. Thank you. I like the team that started. I think I like the, oh, it's tough. Um, Danielle's team, Bijan, Devante. Devonte Herbert's good value. I like Dobbins. I like Ayuk. I like Pickens, Fryermuth. I like it all the way down to except for maybe Brian Robinson. He kind of bores me. Rashad Bateman's a little scary, but I like that team. It's a pretty solid start. I also don't mind your team at the end here. Uh, Gibbs is pretty good value, but I think I would go with Danielle. Okay, there you go, uh, Dave. <laughs> how about you? Pick one. I'm looking at all the rosters here. Um... I guess I'll say Aaron's team. I haven't really dissected everything here, and the Justin Tucker pick makes it hard to pick. But because he sniped me a couple times, I figured he has guys I wanted. Uh, so I'll I'll take his team if he gets rid of the kicker. Just just to be nice, we need to get one vote in for Aaron. That's okay. Uh, Danielle, who's your favorite? This is tough. I. See, the Burrow and Chase is really convincing for me. So I'm honestly going to have to go with Aaron. That that really got me. Also, I'm like, yeah, that, that kind of sells it for me. <laughs> Wrong answer, Danielle. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Chris, <laughs> who's your team? I'm going to go with Dave. I really like how he kind of built his team. I think he covered himself in a lot of different positions where he has solid players throughout his lineup. He's going to have a lineup that's going to be competitive each week, week in, week out. And he's got a lot of options just in case things don't pan out with upside. So I'm going to go with Dave's team. And I'm going to go – I'm torn actually between Danielle and Chris's team. I'm actually – so I'll go Chris's team. I love Cooper Cup there. Najee Harris, Joe Mixon. You got two running backs. You're going to be a workload. I love Justin Fields. You got good mixture with London and Evans and Montgomery and Schultz. You just have a really good, well-balanced, oiled machine there. And I love the Elijah Moore pick. I love the Danny Harris pick. I love the Jeremy McKinnon pick. And Romeo Dobbs is going to be a guy, too. So I'm going to go with Chris's team. 
on this one. That's going to do it for the show. Hopefully next week I won't have this many technical difficulties and it'll get a little bit better here. Uh, but before we totally get out of here, Aaron, uh, where can we find you at? What are you working on right now? Oh, everything. Uh, you can find my written work at DLF Player Profiler, King Fantasy Sports, or the League Winners. You can catch my podcast, the Fantasy Football Mad Science Lab podcast, uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Pods, anywhere you can find media. And pretty much look up FF Mad Scientist on any social media and you will find me there. Also just got promoted, I believe, with you up there to Fantasy Pros ECR now. So I'm officially involved. <laughs> We'll see you in the competition, buddy. Dave, what do you got working on, man? Where can we follow you at? Right. So, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on again. This this mock draft is always really fun um, and uh, good conversation. I learned a lot tonight. So, thanks again for having me on. You can find me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at Pigskin Papers. Uh, my website is thepigskinpapers.com. Um I'm on a podcast called the ATB Fantasy Show. We recorded an AFC West preview last night. And uh, I've got a lot of, on my website, I got a lot of uh, preseason draft prep and strategy stuff. So please check it out. And again, thanks for having me on. Always, Dave. Always a pleasure to have you on. We're going to be back twice next week. Once on Wednesday and Thursday, both at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be talking about our best, our pitfalls, and our sleeper ADP running backs and ADP wide receivers. We're going to have Scott Engel on from Game Day and Sirius XM on Wednesday night. And we're going to have Britt Flynn on from a Fantasy Alarm on Thursday night. So make sure you subscribe to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on your YouTube channel. And make sure you stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you next week. 